Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back with the man, myth, the legend, Matt, the mortgage guy. How you doing, sir? Just some guy on YouTube. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me, Mike. Dude, you're not some guy on YouTube, at least not to me and to my community. I know in just the last uh, 48 hours or so, you've helped several members get through some pretty sticky situations to get their loans funded. So I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, for sure. It's a pleasure working with them. And I, I love, you know, all the feedback and, you know, even, even if we're doing things imperfect, if you've got feedback for us, for how we can get better, uh, we always appreciate it. But helping investors win, helping people win is fun. Yeah. That's the most fun I have as a mortgage broker. That's awesome. Well, you know, something I don't think we've ever talked about is mortgage rates and the fact that mortgage rates change every day. And sometimes they reprice multiple times a day. And the reason I want to bring this up with you is because I'm getting more and more people coming to me going, Michael, I need to, I, I should be locking in now because the Fed's going to raise half a point, like you keep saying on March 10th, and then rates are going to shoot up a half a point again. And I need to remind them, well, no. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Mortgage yeah. rates move a lot faster and they've already priced in a lot of stuff. So let's just talk about all the things that are behind what now is a 4.03 30-year mortgage rate. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, first and, and foremost for people watching so that, that, you know, they're more educated and understand it better. Like you said, rates move every single day. Yes. And, you know, the, the mortgage-backed security market, the movement of those is like the stock market where like Monday through Friday, you can watch mortgage bonds mm -hmm. going up and down. Lenders are going to reprice based on that movement, reprice mortgage rates get lower, get higher. It can happen two to three times a day um, in the, the volatilist of markets. Mm -hmm. We're going to see three and four reprice where you might wake up in the morning and you're 3.875. And then by the time the afternoon comes and there's four worsenings, mm -hmm. you're 4% or 4.05 exactly. right? in one day. So you can't say, hey, I'm going to buy before March 10th because then I'm going to lock in this price. One, it's changing every day. And two, like you alluded to, the markets know what's coming. Mm -hmm. It's priced in. Yeah. On March 10th, if the Fed increases the Fed funds rate like by a half a point, is that going to affect mortgage rates? Maybe a little bit, a little. but not much. We yeah. already know it's coming. And you know, just like Tesla or some company says what they've got going on in the future and they're looking at future earnings, that's built into today's stock price. You don't have to go earn it, right? And, mm -hmm. and so mortgage rates work relatively similar. You know, we can prog prognosticate, is that the right word? Think sure, about why not? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounded right. Sounds about right. What's, about what's gonna happen with future mortgage rates, all we want, right? But you know, you can't, you can't time it. It's, it's, it's kind of like trying to time the real estate market. Like, oh, I'm going to do it now because it's this, the only thing you've got guaranteed is, you know, today's pricing is today's pricing. Yeah. And if you like it, lock it. I've said that a thousand times, 
boy, I hope people listen to that one. Cause that yeah. in retrospect was some pretty gosh darn good advice. Yeah. What I want to do is break down rates in more detail because people are hearing rates probably a lot more than they've heard in a while and they're hearing rates are going up. So let's talk about the Fed's funds rate, which is really the only rate that Federal Reserve Jerome Powell um, has control over, right? They set that figure, right? What do banks charge banks for overnight lending? Uh, and that's what they call the Fed funds rate. It's today basically a quarter. And when you hear the Fed's moving a half or a quarter, that's the rate they are moving. Uh, do I have that correct? Correct. Okay, so that's the base rates. That's where all mortgages start, right? Is what is the Fed funds rate? Because if they're charging more, the 30-year will be more. If they're charging less, the 30-year, because that's where, that's where rates begin. Right. Then there's this thing called the 10-year treasury. 10-year treasury is important because most mortgages are transacted every eight years. So a lot of people value mortgages or the 30-year around the 10-year uh, because it is the gr a great indicator. So again, the 10-year just crossed 2%. Uh, I don't recall a time, but maybe you will, of the 30-year ever being under 2%. That would be a pretty steep inversion. Right. Um, Man, never never really was. And, and you know, like for people that, that want to look at something besides rates to figure where rates are going. The 10-year mm -hmm. treasury and 30-year mortgage rates, if you look at history, the trend is clear. They're right. correlated, yeah. right? And so you can take that, you know, for simple math, let's look at it right now. The 10 years at pretty much two, 2.04. Right. Mm -hmm. The 30-year fixed rate mortgage, 4.04. It's 2% higher. So if the 10-year treasury goes to two and a half, where do you think mortgage rates will be? About four and a half. Exactly. If it goes to three, mortgage rates will be at about five, right? And so exactly. those things are highly correlated. And, you know, when it was 1, 1.3, 1.4, I was just looking at December's 10-year treasury, right? Mm -hmm. um, it was probably about a 175 spread between the 10-year and, and mortgage rates. And I think that most people talk about it being 1.7 to 1.8 difference, not this 2% we're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. um, but the 10-year the treasury went up and along went the 30-year yeah. fixed rate mortgage. Yeah. So these are just things we need to watch for. And again, what what referring to now is there's a, a, a variability. It's sometimes the gap's one and a half, and sometimes it's two and a quarter. That is, are the rank, are banks nervous about the future? Are they greedy, right? Banks have their own sliding scale and you know that sometimes they're they're going to want to stop lending yes folks there are some environments where banks don't want to lend they get super nervous guess what that gap jumps sometimes they want to push lending that gap that gap narrows is that fair to say oh for sure for sure yeah yeah and then what are these things that we often hear and talk about called overlays yeah i mean overlays refer to you know extra rules put in by lenders and it's, and it's all based on risk. How much risk does the lender want to take? There's going to be Fannie and Freddie that say, here's the, here's the rules to play. Here's everything that we need. We need income verified this way. We need verified assets this way. And then, you know, minimum credit score and all those things. And then if you hear the term overlay from a lender, a lender says, hey, Fannie and Freddie require only a 620 credit score. We want 660 or better. Mm. Fannie and Freddie require 
15% down on this product, we want 20. And in general, big banks are the most conservative. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have more overlays in place. Okay. Most of the retail lenders, the brokers, you know, they're going to be more aggressive. Um, and like you said, it'll change with time. Maybe, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll become more conservative because, you know, there's stuff going on in the economy or, or the company for whatever reason is like, Hey, listen, we don't want to write a bunch of riskier paper, right? right. Stuff that's more risky. So, so overlays are essentially extra rules put in place to protect a lender. And, you know, some people, somebody came to me recently and was like, man, Bank of America won't use my rental income because I haven't had it on taxes for two years. Whereas a broker is going to say, the one you just acquired in October, get us a lease agreement. We'll use 75% of that. That's an overlay. That's an overlay from the bank saying, hey, we want to be super conservative. We need two years of rental history on that before we can count that as income. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, depending on where you go to get your loans, the most conservative are going to have more and more overlays. Um, and, and the ones that are the ones that are the most aggressive, just say zero overlays. If Got Fannie it. and Freddie will take it, we will write it. And, and truth be told, right now in this environment, most lenders are writing pretty close to just Fannie and Freddie with, with very minimal overlays. That is probably because the Fed has been buying a lot of mortgage-backed securities. And if they do get out of the market in March and become net sellers, that could change. Is that fair to say? A hundred percent. I agree I, with you. I hope right. people are hearing that because yeah. it's going to get different. Right, right. And, uh, you know, that's the thing too, is people think that lending is strict now. Ah! You know? <laughs> I mean, no. it, 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 could, it could get stricter. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's only one decade ago, you know, in 2011, 2012, we had the Zubers of the world and people with perfect credit and, and really good looking credit profiles get no answers. Right. Oh, and now I got a kind no answer. And then I got a hell no. From another <laughs> right. Jeez. And, um, you know, right now there's, there's a good amount in place. And, and if I look at the numbers of the subprime days and the, and so many loans written sub 620 credit score, yeah. um, as much as people don't like to hinge a lot on the credit score, that's your score on how good you handle debt. Yeah. So for somebody yeah. who's going to lend you money, give you debt, like they're going to look at that score. Um, and, and right now, vast majority of stuff is being written for people with good credit profiles, with good credit scores. Um, but it doesn't mean that it can't get even tighter. Yeah. I mean, people don't want to hear this, but there, you know, today you can get 10 investment loans. There was a time where it was four. That was a very different game, right? Try to get, and when it was four, Matt, you'll remember this, property was the cheapest I'd ever seen. It's crazy. Right, yeah. And you know what is a crazy thought that I just had? Um, there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of people that are like, we need to make it easier for first-time buyers. We need to make it easier for you know folks who aren't big investors. As an investor myself, as somebody who works with a ton of investors, scares the shit out of me to think of going from being able to write 10 for somebody of the best type of loan, the Fannie Freddie one, and go to four. But that might be a step. That might be a step yeah, that they take happen. to say, hey, listen, investors keep beating out owner occupants. Investors keep beating out this person who's never owned a property. How can we level the playing field a little bit? That would be something that they could do. Um, as much yeah. as I don't like it. They could. Uh, that's, they could. that's, this is the, again, people need to realize, right? There is a real estate market. Sure. But there's a lending market. 
and lenders in my career, 21 years now, they change all the time. And you're right. They could say, we are going to go back to four investment loans. They could. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they could. They could also bring out 40-year mortgages, fully amortized for owner rocks, first-time buyers, nobody else. All of these things, right? If The other thing, we've talked about refinance demand falling 75% eventually. I now believe that purchase demand is going to fall 20% because people are going to stay in their home. They're not going to be the move-up buyers, which is going to take significant transactions right. out. Mobility numbers are changing. I want to pull something out of what you just said and, and, and kind of tie together these last three minutes for folks. People know that when mortgage rates change, it affects how much somebody can buy. That can affect real estate. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget that, like you were just saying, the rules of lending, the rules of mortgage can have the same, if not more of an effect. And when, like you said, we come out with a 40-year mortgage and, and you know that opens up things, that can make real estate prices go up because it affects demand. If it gets harder and nobody can finance properties, demand is going to plummet because people aren't going to apply. They won't be able to buy. And so you know, there's, there's a lot of different strings that can be pulled. One is interest rates, but other is accessibility yeah. and, and lendability and things like that. So I wasn't thinking about this stuff before we started this conversation, but it's a yeah. good one. No, it absolutely is. I think, I think it's very important for people to realize that's why it was in my first book is that you got to watch lending. lending. Lending could change a market all by itself. And this current administration, it would not surprise me if they said investors bad, first time home buyers good. And that means no loans for you, more loans for you. Not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it could happen. Right. And I think too, that from my perspective, these are all hypotheticals. Oh yeah. In the short term, I think we might go the other way. Oh, I really? think that oh, wow. all these lenders with more underwriters than they need, yeah. more employed that, that, have, that have hired like crazy are going to get more aggressive mm -hmm. to get the diminishing number of mortgage applications that are coming in, both refinance and purchase. Yeah. And so, you know, getting more aggressive means a little bit more risk, a little bit more loose. And, and that's my personal opinion based on what I see with, you know, shrinking margins and other things going on in the mortgage industry as refinance dwindles. You know, I think purchase applications were pretty flat week over 1%. week. One percent. Yeah. Um, there it's, it's, it's more competitive. And, and there's a couple different ways that you can get business as a mortgage business. You change yeah. your price or you change your offerings. It's that easy. So again, yeah. folks, mortgage rates change every day, sometimes multiple times a day. Don't just think, hey, the Fed moves and then the mortgage, it doesn't work that way. There's many more layers to this. That's why you have to work with a professional like Matt, the mortgage guy. How do you want them to reach out? Go to greatmortgagebroker.com. We've got a couple hundred people filling up that form every month and we're getting in contact within a couple hours. We're happy to help. Greatmortgagebroker.com. Let us know where you're at and how we can help. We'll talk soon. Yep. And the link is below in case you didn't get that. Again, I strongly suggest you reach out. Even if you're working with someone else, get somebody that I trust to look at it because you might be taken advantage of. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thank you.